I just realized it's been a while since we spent some time alone. And when we do, it's in situations like this. I wish I could see you. You could always see me. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Long Time Ago Radio, a conversational podcast about Star Wars, and still not the official podcast of anything. <laughs> I'm one of your hosts, Joshua Mobley, and I'm joined by my two favorite fans in the galaxy, Alex Vargas and Rebecca June Lane. How's everyone doing? Doing good. Awesome. And I'm also joined by my dog, Ahsoka. She's Ooh. she's chilling down here at the, next to the space heater. I'm what trying kind to of get dog? her to. So she is a... Boston Terrier Chihuahua Beagle mix. Oh wow! What happened there? That sounds like a party. I, I don't know, but she's adorable. <laughs> she's just very. Uh, she has a lot of energy, and so and she just woke up from sleeping, and I have to watch her at the same time. So if I sound a little distant this episode, it's because I'm trying to keep an eye on her, make sure she's not doing anything she's not supposed to be doing, because <laughs> she's only 16 weeks old. She's Aww. she loves getting into things that she doesn't like, not supposed to get into. So. Does she resemble Ahsoka in any way? Nope. Oh. <laughs> we just named her that, but all ever most people call her Snips because we tell like when we told our parents I was like, yeah, her name's Ahsoka. They're like, what the? <laughs> <laughs> like I can just call her Snips. It's fine. And they're like, oh, I like that. So most people, and then the vet knows her as Snips and stuff like that. That's adorable. We did that with my last dog because we called her Pupper, but. No one was, everyone was like, what is that? So, like, her original name was Caitlin when we got her. So the vet knew her, and the and the state knew her as Caitlin, but everybody else knew her as Pupper. So the state knew her as Caitlin. The state. The state. The state. <laughs> I the like evil that. empire. <laughs> what is her name? Uh, yeah. Um, other than that, what's everybody got going on in Star Wars land these days? Go for it, Alex. Uh, not much really just kind of prepping we have the uh hollywood christmas parade coming up soon with the 501st but uh just kind of trying to stay away from all the new tv spots that have been coming out it seems like almost every other day oh my god i know right uh international trailer came out we've had new imax posters come out we've had new uh movie theater standees come out i mean there's just so much stuff coming out and we're less than a month away from this movie ah I'm so excited. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. Sorry, I'm eating breakfast, too. <laughs> I'm excited to have to, like, to be able to check Twitter and the internet with confidence again, because I'm doing this whole blackout thing that I've I've never done before, and I don't know if I'll ever do it again, because it's just far too stressful. Anytime I see a screen cap of something, I'm like, no, uh, but we're almost there. We're almost yeah, there. I haven't watched any of the TV spots. I saw one where it was like... Oh man, Leia and Poe talk in this extra two seconds that's in this. I'm like, you know. <laughs> I don't need that. Hey. Stop trying to weigh in. Ahsoka does <laughs> not what like does spoilers Ahsoka? either. Yeah, yeah what does she think about all this? What do you think about this? She's, she's, she's too occupied now. Um, yeah, at some point it's just like, all right. Like, the movie comes out in like, what is it, 25 days, 28 days or something? It's like, we can live. We'll be fine. <laughs> but. I'm excited because it's getting a little colder, which is not exciting. But I have some really cool <laughs> Star Wars winter gear that I'm excited to bust Ooh. out. 
um, I have this really sweet Star Wars scarf that I wore to like a fancy French restaurant over the weekend and this old French lady's like, oh, your scarf's so interesting. And I'm like, oh, it's a Star Wars scarf. And she's like, oh, and then walked away, which was rude. But hey, you got to represent. I wish it got that cold that down here in Southern California. Like we get excited when it hits 60. No, don't even. I know. Yeah, I Southern California is kind of the worst, though. <laughs> well, like we're, we're like in the Bay Area, you get you know cold winters and stuff, and up here it's like today's going to be a high of seventy eight in you know late November. Yeah. It's like oh. yeah. Sometimes in in the Bay Area here, it gets at least up here in Marin. Last year it hit thirty four like a couple times, so it gets really cold, but. I mean, it doesn't get, like, New York cold. There's not, like, snow. Yeah. But I think you still. could pull off, like, a cool BB-8, like, winter cap, which is what I have. I <laughs> that's 30-somethings appropriate for that. Yeah. I don't have a... I only have one beanie, and it's a PlayStation beanie I got from a convention. So... Mm. It's time to get another beanie. Yeah. Maybe it is time to get another beanie. I do have a Star Wars hat, but that's about it. Does it just say Star Wars? Um, it does, but then the the actual bill of the hat has like, uh, it looks like the old comics and posters and stuff, nice. and it's nice. like Luke and Leia on it. It's cool. That is cool. Speaking of Luke and Leia, oh my goodness! Ew. Transition, transition. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So with that, we should get on to our topic of the show. Once again, welcome to Long Time Ago Radio. Whether you're from the class of 77 or Rogue One was your first Star Wars film, you are welcome here. All right, let's go. Afraid. You're trembling. I'm not trembling. You like me because I'm a scoundrel. There aren't enough scoundrels in your life. I happen to like nice men. Nice men. Very nice. All right. So this week, we're going to be talking all about smooching kissing hugging relationships <laughs> in the star wars universe the good ones the bad ones the ones that should not happen the ones that should not happen Ooh, yeah maybe some unholy <laughs> maybe some you know <laughs> you maybe should have written it a little better at a certain point yes yes looking at you anime uh <laughs> <laughs> i did not co- so i did not coin that the credit goes to nicole who my original couple name for Anakin and Padme was Padanakin. Both and, are great. Those are both yeah, quality. And she was like, what about anime? And I was like, <laughs> I have to, uh, I have to, nah. <laughs> I have to mute myself. What's going on? I cursed twice. That's oh. fine. I cursed and then I cursed again because I cursed. <laughs> uh, so there's a lot, I mean, you know love and star wars it's a very interesting thing i feel like uh you know it's not central to to a lot of the storylines which i think separates a little bit um it's not like you know thinking back to the reboots of star trek and stuff uh you don't get a lot of you know sexualization of the female characters there's not a lot of that which i like it's kind of about the bigger universe and it's about love more than kind of intense random hookups which i like but back in the day i think i guess we start at the beginning right the first shippers out there were probably luke leia shippers yeah and then that all came crumbling down (laughs) well i think it's it's a good idea to point out the book splinter of the mind's eye which came out 
before they were going to create the Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. And in that book, they kind of created a little bit of a relationship between Luke and Leia. Really? They did. It was kind of weird. I mean, they don't do it a lot, but th- yeah, they, they do like, talk around about it. they like around in the mud and stuff. And they're like, ha, 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 ha. Yeah, they look at each other. <laughs> well, Sexual tension. <laughs> it's really funny. If you read the um, the book for A New Hope, actually, I, I got one of them at Celebration at Anaheim from like the 80s. There's a scene, uh, it's like one of the last two or three lines of the book, and it's Luke and Leia, and they kind of gave each other this look. And they don't go beyond that. But usually you don't say that about brother and sister. Right. Well, I think it's it's interesting because, you know, you put it in a modern context. We're like, ooh, potential incestual flirting. And then in a Game of Thrones world, every single relationship is literally incest. Yeah. So, you know, a little less weird in a modern fantasy context. But, you know, still bizarre. But they didn't go into any terrible territory. The the kiss was clearly about Han and not about Luke. Uh, and, you know, he never really seems to be distracted by any sort of romance he's very focused on his mission you know it's funny alex i finally i watched that documentary you recommended last time the oh the, from from star from wars, star to, wars jedi? to jedi yeah because i had to build like a, a dresser so i was like you know what i'm just gonna pop this on okay. watch it and it was <laughs> really interesting and i remember there was there's a part where lucas literally says he's like we had in the script that darth vader says something in the you know in the scene with the emperor that gets him like riled up but they didn't know what it was gonna be yet and so like they got around to it and he then he came up with the idea of them being brother and sister oh so like that wasn't even a thought until they were like in the middle of production on jedi so it's that's crazy (laughs) it's unfortunate but like that was gonna be my question was what do you think he knew that going in gosh it's surprising to me how little he foresight he had considering it all came together so well (laughs) yeah it's it's interesting but obviously leia her she was destined to be with han instead of luke and that was the first main romance of star wars um And as a kid, definitely had a crush on Han, definitely was pro their relationship. I think, obviously, it's exciting because it's not one that's all starry-eyed and, uh, you know, uh, demeaning in any way. It's very much built on their rival intelligences and their different worldviews kind of creating this kinetic energy, which is refreshing and cool. Yeah. Uh, Empire had a couple of interesting you're kind of like man he's pushing real hard yeah in (laughs) in a modern context it's a little uncomfortable to rewatch you kind of have to remember you know i don't know that it was a different time and that you know he understood what she wanted but yeah no she, she literally tells him no i don't want that stop that she says the words stop that and he keeps pushing but um you know I think the the most interesting thing about their relationship, when you talk about it really being the first and kind of biggest romance in Star Wars, um, is that when we catch up with them in Force Awakens, they are not together. Um, It was not a great romance for eternity. It is something that had its moment. I I wonder why. (laughs) (laughs) How about that? Why? Why do you think they're no longer together in Force Awakens? They just do not. I never thought they had the... Like chemistry for a long-lasting relationship. They have chemistry for like a short, awesome one, <laughs> but not 
a long-lasting one. And, like, they're just different people. But when you read, like, Bloodlines, it's kind of clear. Like, he's off doing other things, and she's off doing her, you know, all this other stuff. And it's like they have pretty much two separate lives. Like, the only thing keeping them together are their ki- is their, their child. I almost said their kids. And I was like, wait, one, one. <laughs> So, I mean, that's not really spelled out in, and I mean, it, it, it's alluded to. I mean, it, it makes sense. Um, but there is kind of also the sense that, yeah, the that um, Kylo Ren's or Ben's switch to the dark side was the last straw. Um, but you're saying in Bloodlines, it's, it's apparent that they're... Well, also- they're still happily married in Bloodlines, and they don't really show any... They don't show anything, like, going wrong. Like, they don't have any fights or anything, but... They do make it seem like he's not there that much. Mm. He's off doing stuff. Well, and they think they, they also talk about how Leia said that the, you know, this New Republic was her domain and Han never, it was never his kind of uh, place to be in. He always enjoyed doing his smuggler work, which at that point he's no longer doing that. He's uh, he's racing ships, correct? Yes. Like, so Ooh. he's in a giant like space race. Well, he's also a general in the... Yeah. And I think yeah. it, and I think it, what a lot of it is, is that like you guys were saying, their paths have always been, you know, two separate paths, and it's kind of they've seen each other and been with each other at certain points, and like you said, just for for, for Ben's sake. But aside from that, they've each gone down their own way. Wasn't in Bloodlines? Correct me if I'm wrong. Wasn't Leia's secretary like one of Han's students, but she couldn't do it anymore because she they found out she had some disease or something. Yeah, she was one Isn't of like uh, a- he was teaching her how to pilot for the races or something like that. And then she just couldn't continue on for whatever reason. Like, I think you're right. I think it was, like, she got sick or something. Yeah, but, she, uh, they found out she had some, like, disorder or or disease where she wasn't, she couldn't pilot starships or something. So for lovers of Han and Leia, would you suggest that they read Bloodlines? Is there any good oh, stuff yeah. in there? Yes, definitely. Yeah, Bloodlines is great. I mean, it's just great on top of that, but it's... Yeah, it, it fills a, in a, a lot of things in, there. in between. It fills in a lot between the original trilogy and this new trilogy too. The mm-hmm. little things that you were wondering if if certain things would ever be revealed, and here you're like, oh, okay. Does it go all yeah. the way through their breaking up, or no? Okay. Um, it ends with the birth of the resistance. Basically, is yeah, yeah. So that's about it. But they don't go into that. I'm sure at some point they'll go into that, but they haven't done that yet. Yeah. They're just now kind of getting comfortable with exploring that space between episode six and seven. So, like, I imagine in the next year or two, we'll get a lot of stories like that. Because Last Jedi will have come out, and a lot of the se- a lot of the things that were, you know, we need. Uh, they're trying to keep under wraps, you know, for secrets and stuff. Will have been revealed, and now they can they can go forward accordingly. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I feel like if you if you can't really you can't really read Star Wars in a in a uh, chronological order because it spoils things. Like, right. That's why like people ask and they're like, "Where do I even start?" I'm like, you "Start with Episode four, Because if you watch one through three, it's a huge spoiler for like the the whole original trilogy. Like the the prequels is literally the backstory. Right. Of, you know. So and, and then s- if you were to read the comics in the like the mainline star wars comic takes place between four and five like they talk about how luke is vader's son but it's only because vader finds out 
Mm-hmm. Right. I think the advice I always give is release order. Just yeah. experience it the way that everyone else who was a fan along the way has experienced it. Um, and that being said, after Han and Leia, the next relationship of Star Wars we really got a whole big chunk of is Padme and Anakin. Oh, man. Anime. Anime. Here we go. So we talked uh, a lot about them in our prequel trilogy uh, kind of episodes and how... Uh, what a disservice my my view is always what a disservice they do to Padme's intelligence um yeah they make her out to be a very smart ambitious uh you know leader but for some reason she's in love with this psychopath uh so you know (laughs) she's not been drinking (laughs) at that moment (laughs) she he is kind of yeah he's a loony yeah I mean, at least what we see in the films. I mean, I've been watching a, a lot of Clone Wars, and that, you know, he's a lot more likable there. And oh yeah, they have uh, some really nice scenes in that. Um, but she just, you know, he's just a child compared to her. Um, and her I attraction. Still find that weird. Yeah. Oh, like if, like literally a child. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah. You know, and then he leads to her death. It's not a happy ending either. Yeah, it's it's a weird it's like a weird relationship because it could work, but it doesn't. And this is I think this is the prime example of how not to do romances in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Uh, Han and Leia is like it's a it's like a middle ground. You're like yeah, all right, <laughs> right. But uh, Anakin and Padme is like no, don't do that. Well, like, I think with Han and Leia, the the problems, I think, are acknowledged. That's the interesting part of it. Like, there's no pretending that the, that dysfunctional relationship, like you said, is going to last forever. It doesn't. Um, but yeah, there's in, no implied happily ever after. Exactly. But in this one, this was supposed to be the, 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 you know, Helen of Troy. This was supposed to be the incident that, you know, made a Jedi who was so powerful, like, you know, forget where his loyalties lie and, um, you know, the birth of these you know children and but it just it doesn't have any of that weight um you know and i feel like we've talked if if you want to hear us talk way more about this listen to our prequel episodes but um if she had been younger and if it had been kind of like a teenagers getting lost in themselves kind of thing that would have been better would have made so much more sense mm-hmm. but it, it, it needed to be that honestly yeah but I don't, I'm 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 not aware of anybody who's like hugely into that romance, like in the fan sphere. Yeah, Are you guys? I, I'm sure there's people out there. There's, I'm sure that it's out there, um, but I yeah I don't know anyone in real life who's like yeah anime. I'm like no, <laughs> they don't. Um. I have found on Tumblr a bunch of like Anakin fan people who just obsess with Anakin like well, even I, I get that he's Anakin. a good looking dude it's the hair yeah <laughs> he's a good looking dude when we were coming back from celebration at the airport we were getting Burger King breakfast because you know mm. it's an airport and so uh, and, Nicole, and Nicole has an R2-D2 wallet she like pulled out of her purse and the lady was like she was like oh I love your wallet and, and she's like yeah and then she's like did you go to that Star Wars thing we're like yeah and, and then She's like, did you see Hayden Christensen? And we're like, well, we saw him from far away, but we didn't actually see him. And then she was like, yeah, I like him. He's just, 
was, was Hayden Christensen? The it was. One? It was. It was pretty adorable. Was, but was he the one that got the T-shirt stuck on the Tie Fighter? What? Y- yeah, I think that so. was him, right? So they <laughs> yeah. had a, a, a T-shirt gun on the main stage, and right in front of the main stage, they had a, a life-size uh, Tie Fighter, just kind of sitting there, and they're shooting shirts out. And I'm pretty sure it was him. He shoots a shirt trying to get it to go super far, and instead it lands right on top of the ship. <laughs> and I think it sat there all day because no one could take it down. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I feel like, uh, speaking of Hayden, and, and Natalie Portman got a lot of criticism for her portrayal in it. But I think both of them did the best that they could with, with the material. What they had. <laughs> yeah. Um, and as we said, the if you, if you do like them, The Clone Wars has some better scenes um, with their interaction. Kind of the same you know han and leia energy sometimes where she's a cooler head and he's you know you know act first think later but yeah speaking of clone wars one relationship that people do really love is obi-wan and satine yes Ooh, did i forget to write that on here i did oh no good good for remembering because i I forgot. Well, I'm but. just such a huge fan. I actually re- went and rewatched over the past couple of days their episodes together um, mm-hmm. because it took me by such surprise. I didn't realize that they were going to have this love interest for Obi-Wan. Um, and again, it's a similar relationship. And I really love this is the way that Star Wars depicts relationships. There are people with two different points of views who get excited by being challenged intellectually. Um, she's a pacifist, uh, you know, ruler of Mandalore. And is there in canon, like, books or comics about their initial meetings? There there may have been in Legends. I don't think there are currently. Okay. But I'm not, I'm not 100% sure. So, so Obi-Wan tells Anakin a little bit about their past. Um, and, you know, clearly there was some encounter where I, I guess he had to... He was helping in on Mandalore before, I believe, um, and they had a connection. And it's implied that he would he says as much. There's a there's a moment where, uh, you know, her life's in danger, and they kind of have to distract the man threatening her life by saying these uh, truths to kind of distract from the moment. And she says that she's always loved him. And he said, "If you would have said the word, I would have left the Jedi Order," which is huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that's like saying. Like, I, w- I would have left the priesthood to be with you, which is, like, kind of a... It's kind of hard to do. <laughs> um, but I think what what is cool about Obi-Wan and Satine and why a lot of people latch onto it is because it feels like an actual adult relationship. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot, a lot of the relationships we build in life are like that, you know? They're, they're like, we both really, really like each other but we're both called to maybe we're both called to something greater or our personal interests like you know our paths just separate at some point and we have to go down these separate paths but it doesn't mean that like the feelings there's any ill will yeah um i don't remember a friend of mine was we were talking about the prequels and he talked about how one of his teachers once said like love sometimes is like a road and occasionally uh, the roads split and mm. you have to and you have to go your separate ways but like that doesn't mean that but that's like a healthy right splitting whereas whereas a lot of times it's not like that 
There's a, a cool line. So when uh, Anakin's kind of questioning after seeing his interactions with his team, there's a great moment in, I think, the third episode with her where the two of them are fighting at this cocktail party and Anakin is just sit, standing behind them loving it. Like, oh, I'm not the only one who has <laughs> like romantic drama going on. Uh, sipping a cocktail, it's great. But afterwards, Anakin's pressing him about it and um, he says, you know, of course, as Master Yoda says, a Jedi must not form attachments. And then Obi-Wan responds, yes, but he usually leaves out the undercurrent of remorse. And obviously that that interaction has a tragic end um, for Satine. Um, but uh, it's it's an interesting relationship. It's a good relationship, but and it kind of comes into question kind of the Jedi as a whole, the main protagonists of our universe are not supposed to have relationships um, because of this attachment thing. And yeah. we've kind of discussed going forward if that might change. Um, but... Who knows? I, I uh, like, part of me gets it. Like, there's a, there is a reason, and, like, Anakin shows, like, what that does, you know? You need to be able to focus 100% on yeah. what you're doing. But, but also, Anakin's love is borderline obsession and selfish. It's not like a... I think, I think we talked about this at some point. It might have been in our prequel episode. I think it was. I think we talked about the idea that Anakin's... Anakin's love isn't meant necessarily love for Padme. It's his. It's it's. Um, he's afraid of loss, and it's a selfish love. Like if she's gone, then he's alone again. Is sort of the mentality, yeah, she's, and that's not a good way to think about a relationship. He's kind of become a surrogate for his mom after she dies, so he needs that exactly you know, that connection. But that's almost an argument as to why the Jedi should have stable attachments, um, because the distraction of, you know, Obi-Wan flirting with Satine versus just having something stable or the fear of, of hiding something when something happens. It's kind of like, you know, Jedis are humans too. It's not like they're going to not have these feelings. You can say that you shouldn't form attachments, but attachments form. That's just the way it works. Yeah. Um, and even within the order attachments form, like between master and apprentice. Right. Like, it's not necessarily a romantic relationship. I'm sure there's some instance or that maybe has happened in, like, Legends or something. But it's like a a friendship. Like, even Obi-Wan says, you were my brother, Anakin, when he's dying. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's yeah, attachment. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and, and but I think Luke is a great example of how you can juggle your attachments. Because in Empire, they show that uh, his attachments aren't necessarily... A weakness but it's maybe driving him back but then they can show that in you know in jedi that his attachment to his own father is ultimately what saves him that's true it's it it but i would say luke's attachments are healthy he's not he's not attached to his friends right sister because of a romantic of our romantic feelings he's attached to them because they're they're his friends and he wants to protect them Right. And he feels like he can protect them, but he maybe, you know, goes about it in not the best ways. <laughs> I guess there's a coveting aspect of romantic love that takes on a different tenor than friendly love that might be more compromising to a, a Jedi. Um, but the only other Jedi I think that we can talk about having a relationship that leads us to Kanan and Hera Okay. Uh, there's one more we can actually add in. <gasps> Ooh, do you want to do your one more first? 
Sure, because it's, it's kind of quick. I don't know. Have you guys read Dark Disciple yet? Yes. So we have, I have not. We have this story between Quinlan Voss and Asajj Ventress that was, uh, there were originally going to be a series of episodes of the Clone Wars, and they pretty much made it into a book. But you have kind of like a, a unsteady friendship develop into a romantic relationship but then it gets influenced with the dark side this whole is it's another one of those issues kind of like what you see between um obi-wan and satine but in this case you have more of a dark side influence so it's interesting to see how that love translates into caring and how certain people give up certain things for others that's crazy actually that sounds really awesome to read and kind of sexy it's really it's good (laughs) it's really good has a really good ending um it's one of my favorite books right now that's Christy Golden. Christy yes. Golden. Christy Golden's awesome. Yeah. Um, well, why don't we hop from book to book and then finish on Heron Thane? Uh, do you want to talk about what you want to talk about, Josh? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I mean, you guys might as well I bring think, it up now. Well, we talked about one of the relationships that, you know, uh, Obi-Wan and Satine is an example of, like, a really good relationship in in uh star wars and i'm gonna bring up thane and cyana from lost stars because what's an episode of long time ago radio without talking about lost stars we need some sort of sound effect we really do yeah um it it's it's one it is a star-crossed lover story and it's one of those like we were childhood friends and now we're in love kind of things which you know what man it gets me every time i can't (laughs) help it it gets me every time but like they go through a lot and they still, you know, harbor feelings for each other, but it's, it is, it does feel like as it goes on, because you go through pretty much their whole lives from, from them being children into their adulthood, you get all of it. You get the teenager things, you get the like young adult stuff, and then you get like the very calm adult like relationship out of it. You know, they grow as characters together and I think that's really cool to see. And they also just are amazing characters yeah. that actually have really good motivations and backgrounds and like, they're just great. And again, it's this, it's, I mean, every relationship we've talked about is, I mean, though I don't know much about the Dark Disciple one, um, is between a man and a woman who have like slightly different views on something and that both strength, strengthens the energy between them, but also keeps them from really being together um mm-hmm. i was gonna ask I th- is that the only sexy time we have in the star wars universe hmm uh probably i i i don't i don't know i was very surprised when it happened yeah in the book when i was like we're going upstairs i was like whoa this is <laughs> happening and and then it happens multiple times and you're just like damn i gotta do it again uh, read it again is that what you're saying no I, I do have to i do have to do that but now i have to bleep myself again because oh. i just can't help myself because he says sexy um, time oh no <laughs> yeah <laughs> time, <laughs> uh, time. <laughs> <laughs> they went um, to go have utini <laughs> yes oh so. my god <laughs> that's great but uh, it, i mean but if you're looking for utini in star wars if you feel like there's not enough that's that's where to you go gotta start that yep no mm-hmm. first you can't you can't go directly to utini yeah the old <laughs> yubnub <laughs> <laughs> okay that's the ep- that's the name of this episode the old yubnub 
<laughs> the old Yubnub. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. No. Let's continue. Yubnub being taken out of the of Jedi is a tragedy. <laughs> that was taken oh, out. Man. Yeah, in the special editions, it's some different song. It's not Yubnub yeah. anymore. Mm. I have it though. We can play it later. Yeah, and then they have that really awful awful scene in Jabba's palace that's like the singing. Oh yeah, the whole new remaster with the dancers and the giant drum in the back. Uh, yeah, that's... My god. That is just... It's unbearable. Like it's... <laughs> normally I can kind of deal with a lot of the stuff. Like I think the New Hope special edition is not that bad. Um, the and I like that they add in some of the scenes with like Biggs and other stuff. And you're like, oh, cool. Like this is this is nice to see. Empire again. had good edits too, like you know the Wampa scenes and all yeah. that. But you're right, Return of the Jedi was a little Same weird. Jedi, it's like it starts off and you're like, oh, good God, what is this? <laughs> that one is particularly bad. But we're not talking about that. Back to love. Um, Back to yeah. Love. Uh, the other one, which is a Legends relationship that everyone seems to freaking just adore, is Luke and Mara yep. Jade. Right. Which. I believe she dies at some point because she gets murdered by her. She gets murdered by Han and Leia's mm-hmm. son, or yes, because they have a daughter, right? Yes. No, because they, they have, have a son named they Ben. Have, uh, they three have three kids. kids. Yeah. Jaina. Oh my goodness. Was it Jaina? Oh, Anakin. Oh, this is gonna bug me. I used to know this. Jacinda now. was someone. Yeah. Hang on. Affiliations. Where are their kids? Oh. I think Jaina one was Solo, Anakin. Jaina Solo and Anakin yes. Solo are are solos, but they have a son named Ben. And I believe that I believe it's Anakin Solo that killed. I don't even know. Yeah, I anymore, think Anakin man. is the one who goes bad. Which <laughs> again, I didn't cool read uh, any of any of uh, legends. I'm like looking at the Wikipedia article, saying like, man, where is the part where she died um <laughs> but mara jade not was a like, spoiler she was a good person right she was well she started as the emperor's hand she was actually oh she was assigned by the emperor to kill luke oh so this whole time she's hunting luke so you know there you wouldn't think a romance would pop out from that but uh i think that's what a lot of people enjoy about that relationship is that luke kind of brings her from the dark side know to to love him they end up loving each other having a whole family and creating this whole new uh world of jedi and all that stuff but things don't go as everyone hopes so again Mm -hmm. another two people from different walks of life coming together situation that also Mm -hmm. reminds me of doctor who with uh river song she was created to destroy him and then they then they end up together um their kid they have a kid i think that's what his name is ben I'm seeing that on the... They do have a son named Ben, yes. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's J- it's Jason, J- uh, Jaina, and Anakin are the Legends kids. But, uh, yeah, I-, I remember hearing... This is, like, one of the only Legends things that, that I've heard a lot about is Mara Jade. Um, yeah, tragic. and people apparently just freaking adore her. She was a big part of the Expanded Universe. I could, I could see why. Yeah, like her Wikipedia article is freaking massive. Like I, I'm just like scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and scrolling, and it just goes on for an eternity. I was really, and I'm like, my god. I was really hoping that they would bring her in as an inquisitor. 
Mm. Oh my god, they kind of fits that role. I mean, we still have what half a season to go, so who knows? Maybe she'll pop up somewhere. Well, I was going to ask. Do you think? I mean, obviously, we have old men, old man Luke now, and I don't think there's any future romance for him. But do you think there was anything between Jedi and Force Awakens for him? Uh, that's a good question. I don't know. I mean, we know that he's been trying to rebuild this whole. I think you know what? I think we're going to find that out in the Last Jedi. I mm-hmm. think that that's going to get answered just based off of the trailers and what we know kind of needs to happen. Right. Mm-hmm. And that might also answer our question of the future in terms of Jedi and the romances. But before we talk about the future, let's do it. Let's talk about Hera, my girl Hera, and Kanan, yeah. who finally, spoilers, spoiler alert. They touched lips. <laughs> they got the smooches on. <laughs> that was That was good. Nicole cheered out loud. So, when so did Megan. <laughs> I did too. <laughs> I was just like, finally. Well, because for <laughs> that was my reaction. The, the entire past what three and a half seasons, you'd have moments where they get real close, and they get real close, and something would happen, and then I think maybe like what th- two episodes before, they're right there, and then we finally have that moment. And yeah. Chopper's like, burr, 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 and they're like, no, nope, all right. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like how everyone's kind of like elbowing each other, like, look, what's going on, finally. Um, but I found it so strange because initially when the series started, it seemed like they were already making out, and I thought they were like doing it in the back of the ship. <laughs> like, I thought that was. Episode one. Oh Where's Hera? Uh, they're, they're back there, they're taking inventory. It's like, it's like Scooby Doo, everyone splits up, and they're like, we're going to go check the basement. <laughs> It's always Kanan and Hera going off. <laughs> well, that's kind of the implication. She called him love. They were like super. I just thought it was an established relationship. And then I feel like in season two, they kind of like didn't do anything with it. And I'm curious if all the fan pressure might have. Oh, I, it definitely. Had yeah. <laughs> I, don't know I think so too. But I think the in-world explanation might be because at that point, they weren't part of the larger rebellion. So they had more time for themselves. And as the right. show went on, they'd be you know they hooked up with more splinter cells and all that and with mon mothma trying to bring everyone together they had no time for that relationship which is cool again like there is an emphasis on the bigger picture throughout star wars um with the exception of anakin and padme so that you know the romance stuff is extra but i'm glad they finally did it if there was never anything between them like that i could watch i would be very sad (laughs) yeah it would be very uh very depressing because yeah even from like episode one you're like oh they must be in a relationship and then it's just nothing happens right like occasionally like you know something tragic happens and they like hug or or they're like holding hands and they're like oh but that's about it like and and dave filoni is always like well we wanted it to be you know like implied and it's like no (laughs) (laughs) enough with your implications uh, well, I mean, I guess the the idea, the question that raises, though, is now that they are together, it makes any sort of tragedy in the future even more tragic. Uh, oh, yeah. Any predictions on that? I mean, I still think, uh, and we're going to do a whole Rebels wrap-up episode probably in the next week or so. I still think that Kanan's going to die. I, uh, yeah, he's uh, he's going to eat it. Yeah. I had a, th- I had a, I have a theory but it, it does kind of spoil the last episode. I'll tell you guys off here. Or I have, we, I have we a can talk about, about it at the end of it. Just do a quick spoiler. Because there's a few things that they That's do say true. that I want to bring up, but yeah, we can't say it right now. Yeah. 
we'll have to figure out when to do that episode pretty soon. Um, because like I was just looking at the calendar, there's only like five weeks left in the whole year. I'm like, oh my goodness. It's and most of our next couple of weeks are yeah. going to be just crazy anticipation for. Yeah, and I <laughs> and I posted a thing. We got, th- including this, there's three episodes. Well, there'll be two after this. Three full episodes left in the year. Three, two to three planned specials, and then a special episode around Christmas that I don't want to spoil. <laughs> and I'll talk to you guys about it because, like, I think it's going to be fun. <laughs> I like that. Uh, okay. So, all right. Um, is there any other relationships that we can think of? I'm looking at. Well, oh, sorry, continue. I was just going to say, well, there's like little moments. Like, Ahsoka has like kind of a connection with uh what's his face lux Mm. um you know but i don't think there's anything else i mean i haven't read a lot of the extended or the you know canon novels or or comic books but i mean obviously there's there's relationships displayed in clone wars of other people um that aren't main characters but so are we just talking romantic or just relationships in general well, I think mainly romantic, but I was just looking at the Star Wars dot com article written by Amy Radcliffe, and she threw. I was R2 about to say that. Yeah, I have that. Yeah. I have that article pulled up. The, and I'm like, you know, that's kind of adorable. So, in case you're curious, uh, six Star Wars couples that we love. It was written February 10th, 2015, and we've gone over all, most of these. There's a few expanded universe that we didn't bring up, but the last couple is R2D2 and C3PO, which I think it's safe to say these two have been together the longest in all of star wars like no other couple han solo he's dead now so we can't say that they're still together they're still in their together heart. in their hearts yeah i'm curious about these other ones that are on here though um i guess those are all like i don't even i've never even heard of these people's names before yeah, like wedge and leela i'm like who it's leela <laughs> you know she has one eye she has two. Oh, my God. There's a droid named Mender. Corrin uh, and Also, who's Corrin and Mirax? Yeah, I have no idea who it's, those people are. It sounds are. like a company that makes really bland cereal. <laughs> <laughs> some uh, some extended universe people will uh, should correct us and, and let us know what these relationships They're are. They're going to come out. They'll, they'll pop out of the bush and be like, actually, Corrin and Mirax. You know what? There was another uh, relationship that would be fun to bring up. Um, in the Clone Wars, there's an episode where Rex meets a clone who left the army and ended up creating his oh, own yeah. life with the, the tweed like that he, he met. So there you have another uh, example of someone leaving some sort of order or, you know, the military to, to pursue a romantic relationship. Yeah, he faked his death mm-hmm. or something? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting, again, just kind of globally looking at all these relationships, um, I very much appreciate that this isn't a series that, as of yet, has kind of catered towards just really tacky, over-sexualized, you know, nonsense romances. They're much more about, uh, you know, consequences and and, and, uh, differences of opinion and... um, I don't know. I, I'm. I think that's part of the reason I come back a lot. Is there's not, with the exception of Padme and Anakin, there's not these offensive, you know, kind of storyline, love storylines that just distract from the main struggles of Star Wars. But if you if you dig, there are some really deep interactions. Um, yeah. 
I think the the way to do it right is to do make like not force it upon characters. Do it with characters that make sense. Um, and and for the most part, I think from our list, it seems like they've kind of done that. I think the main the main bad one is is anime. They just. But even then, they follow that rubric of two people who have different points of view who are trying to understand each other better. Um, but I'm curious. I mean, I think we've mentioned this in our Force Awakens or in our Last Jedi prediction episode. You know, what do we think about Rey having any sto- uh, romantic storylines? You know, obviously there was Finn Rey shippers. Um, there's also Finn Poe shippers, which I love. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, I think at the time we all said that we'd prefer if Ray didn't have any romantic entanglements. I don't think I don't she think will so either. Yeah. I think we're getting a. I think we're getting a, a, a Finn Rose situation. I think that's a hundred percent for sure gonna happen. Yeah. Yeah, because she's like a fangirl of his, <laughs> apparently, and uh, I think that's that's adorable. But like. Yeah, that I think that's definitely gonna happen because I think they're supposed to spend most of the movie together. So, if that's not a recipe for movie romances, I don't know what is. So, who knows? Who knows? And we'll anyway, see. Anyway, uh, let us know. Email us podcast at canontimeline dot com. What are your some of your favorite romances? Or tell us on the Facebook page. All the good stuff. Uh, are you guys ready for the news? Sure. All right, let's do some news. I have good news for you, my lord. <laughs> so there's actually for once not that much news there's like four news stories um oh and then some uh, and then a fifth one that broke like this morning but i don't know it's not super i don't think it's super high priority but you know what i don't think a lot of this news is super <laughs> high priority there's some cool stuff there's some cool stuff in here you know don't undersell it man let's go yeah let's do there it. is one there is one story we can discuss a bunch that i think we talked about in our ryan johnson special but um we'll we'll elaborate more on it but uh dolby uh dolby cinema released their exclusive artwork for the last jedi excuse me i don't know what happened there um they released a new poster that kind of looks like the all the posters we've seen before except i find it interesting that like uh, on this poster halfway through ray's blade it turns purple Ooh. and I know how much they love doing that, you know, stuff. Also, there's, like, in the background, like, two people fighting on a ridge. It kind of looks like Luke and Ray are, like, training or something. I don't know. It's it's interesting. But, ah, man, I just want this movie to come out. I so got my, um, my Last Jedi poster that from our tickets oh, nice. in the mail. Uh, ripped completely Seriously? in half. Oh, but um, I haven't actually opened it because I don't want to look at it yet. How did that happen? <laughs> Brutal. It's just, it's a flimsy, like, paper um, envelope, like, giant envelope that it's in, and it's just oh, ripped those, in half. They should have tubed that. That's, that's shenanigans. Yeah, right? It is shenanigans. It'll be fine once I open it. I'll just put some tape on it. I don't care. But, uh, yeah. That sucks. It's okay. Anyway, Marvel announced that there's going to be a Thrawn miniseries. So, from StarWars.com, Marvel's Thrawn, a six-issue adaptation of Timothy Zahn's novel of the same name, 
kicks off February 7, 2018, and will document the iconic Imperial's rise in the Empire before he was a legend. Written by Jody uh, Hauser, who wrote Marvel's Rogue One adaptation and illustrated by Luke Ross, who did Star Wars Darth Maul, Marvel Star Wars, and The Force Awakens adaptation. The series will also include never-before-released scenes featuring the infamous master strategist. Um, so this is literally the novel just put into a comic form, which I'm like, cool, now I don't have to read the book. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> which makes it, because I have so many books to catch up on, like this makes it so much easier. So, And also the art looks awesome. I love awesome. Thrawn with the long hair. He looks hair. great. He looks super yeah. emo. He looks awesome. <laughs> he looks like a yeah, black metal from uh, like, like what guitarist was that cartoon? or something. Metalocalypse. He looks like yes. He, he looks like he Nathan does. Explosion. <laughs> I hope he talks yeah, that way too. He definitely does. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Lord. Send out the ships. My name is Thrawn. Send out the ships. <laughs> That's awesome. Thrawn is such a cool character. I love that he's he has such a history in the extended and the current universe. It's so cool. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I wonder if he'll get killed in Rebels or if they'll keep him oh, around. There's another book coming out, correct? He, there is a second book coming out, yeah. Um, Thrawn 2, I think is what it's called right now. It's. I think it'll probably have a subtitle. Yeah. Is there, is there any character from the extended universe that's been, a, like, brought in the way he has? His henchman, Brooke, was brought in. Um, but aside from that, I think well, we've only gotten some ships. The TIE Defender was one of those expanded universe items. Um can't think of anybody else yeah i don't th right now i think they're limiting it a bit but they, um, they just went all in on him i love that i think that's really cool yeah because people love him so much i'm sure that uh i'm sure mara jade's next but i doubt that they're going to be able to do it in the way it was before yeah i mean they didn't do thrawn the way it was before either because thrawn was a character that really like you know, only really came into prominence after Jedi right. in the extended universe, and now he's like a pre New Hope character. So, but he's still blue. Mm -hmm. He is still blue, still chiss, still awesome. Le a lot less mumbly than last season. <laughs> I feel like sometimes you're like turning your ear toward the TV because you'd be like, "Oh, the rebels!" You're like, "Oh my goodness, dude, speak up." But uh, Timothy Zahn, he created him, right? Originally? He did. So he's... And he's still right now. You know what's, you know what's <laughs> really awesome. interesting? If you look at the concept art for when uh, Rebels is coming out, Agent Callus was actually a chist. He was blue. He had the red eyes. He had everything. Oh. Um, so I'm wondering at what point... I mean, they decided not to go through with that. But at what point did they decide to bring back Thrawn? Like, was this early, you know in the season one or could they made the decision I mean, not to have another chess character in rebels. I know that it takes a really long time to make animated content. And so they probably had to have been like, yes, this is the direction probably like mid season two, like mid production of season two, uh, which would have been around when season one was probably yeah. airing. So, yeah, like they have to make these decisions like so far in the future because uh, I don't know if you guys have ever heard this statistic. Like it takes an entire year of work to make an episode of The Simpsons. Yeah, and that's um, so ridiculous because it takes like four days to make South Park. Yeah, well, it's because South Park is <laughs> done in this budget way. Right. Like, that it's kind of staple known for, you know? Yeah. Um, 
but I mean, like a Star Wars show, it's high production and all that. It takes a long time to make these episodes, and they're written oftentimes like a year and a half in advance. You know, I would love like to I, hear the background though of how they decided to bring Thrawn back, though, because yeah. You know, like we said, it's like the Apparently. only thing that they really said this exact character with this name and this look is coming back by the same writer, you know. I think Star Wars.com right. posted a video about that a while ago. Like they go up, they oh. go to Timothy's on and they actually ask him, hey, we want to bring this new character. We want to bring your character back. We want you to write a book. I think it was, uh, oh, where was that video? Might have been. He was like, sure, I got like, yeah. going on. Uh, I think it was one of the really early um, Star Wars, the Star Wars show episodes. Where they, mm-hmm. they talk about that. Mm-hmm. Which, if you're not watching the Star Wars show, is a weekly YouTube show, about ten minutes long. Definitely worth watching. It's fun. I yeah, me too. That show. Show's great. Um, our next news story is a bit, a little bit bigger. So, uh, we'll talk about. It. And I think this is the one that we talked a little bit about on our, on our Ryan Johnson special. So, if you want some more background on that, you can go listen to that episode which I thought was really good. It was fun. Um, Fox could sell entertainment assets to Disney and what that means for Star Wars. So uh, this is from Star Wars News Network. Shout out, as always. Um, and I'm, I'm going to read a little bit of it just to so we can get a, a, a sense of like what's going on here. So it says, If you're a Star Wars fan born before 2005, you might remember that the old 20th century Fox fanfare played before every movie made up until then, and how nicely it segued into the iconic opening crawl composed by John Williams, that went away with the Disney purchase unless you're watching A New Hope, and now it's entirely possible that it might go away from a number of new movies that will be released in the next few years. As Fox is reportedly mulling over selling many of their entertainment assets to Disney and potentially other buyers. And so it goes on, it says why Fox seemingly wants out of the entertainment industry. As it stands in Hollywood, it's really a world populated by three major studios at this point. Disney, Warner Brothers, and Universal Pictures. And everyone else just happens to be living in it. Two of Hollywood's other major players have suffered significantly in recent years are in desperate need of more reliable hits. Sony Pictures and Paramount Pictures. 20th Century Fox, in the meantime, occupies a position where it's safely above the latter two studios, but still below the former three in recent years. And it goes on more. What could this mean for Disney? As far as Star Wars goes, this hypothetical purchase has surprisingly little to offer them. The only thing I can think of off the top of my head that Fox has that Disney might want are the distribution rights to A New Hope, which are set to remain at the studio. Well, excuse me, set to remain at the studio indefinitely as a result of George Lucas's financial demands at the time. That's a pretty big one, though. Yeah. So that, and obviously, a lot. This comes back to Marvel, also. This isn't just about um, uh, st- just getting a new hope. Uh, Fox owns the movie rights to X-Men and some other things that they that, that like Marvel, some other Marvel things I think. And then also on top of that, um, they own the, they own indefinitely the distribution rights for a new hope. They always have because at the time, Lucas needed a big studio to fund A New Hope to even get it off the ground. But then when he got all the merchandising rights and had all that money, he was able to fund the other two by himself. Which is why A New Hope always remained in this weird kind of limbo state where like Fox kind of owns the movie rights to A New Hope, even though Lucasfilm owns most of the other rights to it. So 
it's a little it's a little weird but if they were to actually buy all these assets they would not only get back the x-men franchise and all the other stuff that fox owns but they would get all the distribution rights for a new hope back and what i think that would mean is we may actually get the original cuts released finally on blu-ray like they said they were going to do like five years ago and still haven't done so that'd be awesome that would be amazing because i i still have my vhs's i keep them around on purpose because you know, if, if I want to just watch the movie, I'll put in the Blu-ray and just deal with it, you know? <laughs> but at the same time, I I want to watch the original cuts, even though I know that a lot of the changes from the special editions are now... God, I don't know what's wrong with me. A lot of the changes from the special editions are now canon. Right. Like, like even weirdly, the I don't know if I told you guys about this, but in the Legends of Luke Skywalker book in the first story it's a there's like a conspiracy theorist and they bring up this whole thing about like alderaan never happening because one of the videos shows alderaan blowing up and it's just a bunch of sparks and the other one shows it blowing up with a big ring and that's because in the special edition they added the explosion ring to it and i was like oh my god that's so brilliant the discontinuity <laughs> so is canon that's cool yeah that's so funny but yeah uh, and they're like dude i had friends there like <laughs> it's uh, like it's so funny but um yeah, I uh, I think this would be a great thing. I'm not, I like obviously I, it it gets a little worrying where you're like Disney owns everything, you know. Yeah, but, but I don't know. Oh, I, I welcome did. our Disney overlords. Exactly. <laughs> yes, Disney. I'm I'm happy with the Disney Amazon Google overlords. They will treat us well. Um, but uh, you know, uh, there was a Polygon article that talked about this acquisition or potential acquisition and talking about how it's mostly based on streaming rights, really, the, for their new streaming service. And oh yeah, the acquisition of specifically Futurama. Um, and they also mentioned Buffy, which is great for me, Buffy fan. Um, oh my god, they could get Futurama. Yeah, and that's <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, huge. It'd be huge. I am a gigantic Futurama. Oh fan. yeah, who is it? Yeah. Such a good show. Yeah. Oh, you know, oh, oh, to be no, fair, I like the way that, it ended. That final ending was perfect. Beautiful. It ended perfect. Yeah. yeah. The that third final time it was, ended was, was really good. It was I such would a love wonderful it. episode. Like, hey, we found <laughs> sixty episodes we never aired. They just like they could randomly shoehorn in between. I just want more. That's a great yeah. romance. That's kind of a good romance, <laughs> actually. Yeah, we together, uh, like, and what's his face? That's that's great. It's wonderful. Actually, they get to spend infinite lifetimes together. Oh, I love it. Yeah, because it starts all over. It's cyclical. Oh, like that's yeah. the whole idea. Remember, they there's even an episode in the show where they talk about how time is cyclical because they start going forward and I love that like, episode. We can't go back. And they go so far forward that the Big Bang happens again, and then they try to slow it down to where they were, and then they accidentally hit it again, and they have to they go mean, all the way back around. Farnsworth means she like, learned, like, misses at one point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's, he, like, hits somebody else. That's a good show. <laughs> That's a good That's episode, a good. too. Anyway. Oh, that show that is show, so there's good. In the background, oh, my there's, goodness. An epi- there's part where the, they go to the movies, and it says Star Wars Episode Seven, And it's, like, Yoda's birthday or something oh. really dumb. good show good show that's good that's great all right last piece of news obviously and a lot less uh, important but really cool i thought this was really cool uh they are releasing a new the new hope soundtrack for the 40th uh anniversary and it's a 34 lp collector's edition it's 150 bucks wow but it comes with a big uh 
let me see if I can find a list of this a stuff. I'm looking at money? the actual picture of what, you know, is is on there, but I'm trying to see like what actually comes up. Okay, here's the actual announcement. Walt Disney Records announced today that the special vinyl collector's edition of the remastered original motion picture soundtrack for Star Wars A New Hope will be released on December 1st. Created in celebration of the 40th anniversary of John Williams' classic score, the three LP set made of 180 gram vinyl features a 48 page hardcover book and a special feature that would delight even the Emperor. A 3D hologram experience with the Death Star on disc three, side A, and the Star Wars 40th anniversary logo on side B. Both were hand etched by Tristan Duke who crafted the vinyl wizardry of Jack White's Lazaretto. So I cool. I don't know if you guys have seen like the way the vinyl they holograms really work. They're really cool. Like they etch the um they etch like the lines and stuff in the uh grooves in such a way that like when it's spinning you see an image. So like I had seen one and I think it was for this where it was like a tie fighter like spinning like a 3d image of a tie fighter spinning while the disc is spinning that's super cool. So, cool so they have one of the death star on this and then one of the lps has the 40th anniversary logo on it and stuff so i'm sold very cool i'm sold i'm yeah, getting this. i sold 100, uh, 150 bucks but it looks like the packaging looks awesome and the and the actual disc will cost them and it comes with a big art book so that's gorgeous cool. i was wondering yeah. how they're going to justify that price point but that book looks really nice yeah uh, all right. Well, that's it for the news. Unless there, oh, wait, wasn't there one more news story that you posted? Well, I just wanted to mention that the uh, star uh, that the Millennium Falcon was spotted from Google Earth. I'm that sure everyone's seen this on the oh, Twitter. Oh yeah, I heard about that. Do you want me to read? Have you seen the picture, Josh? I can repost it for I've you. I've seen the picture, but go ahead and read it. Uh, it's uh, in the latest episode of Star Wars. Han Solo was shocked to learn the Millennium Falcon had turned up in the desert plains of Jakku. So we can only imagine how the Rebel Lights fighter would feel if he found out that his beloved spaceship is currently sitting in a field in Surrey. Um, some fan on one eagle-eyed fan spotted it on Google Earth. Um, and even though it is surrounded by shipping containers and covered in plastic, it is easy to make out its distinctive shape. Um, and it's pretty hilarious. It's just the Millennium Falcon, and it's just sitting <laughs> in the middle of a field. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's pretty cool to live in this world. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. Uh, all right, so yes. if we're done with that, you guys want to go to Creature of the Week? Yep. They want to wonder. I thought they smelled bad on the outside. <laughs> All right, the creature of the week this week is the Ack Dog, which I had never heard of. I don't think any of us have ever heard Mm-mm. of them. But uh, they are, I don't think there's any in canon. They are a Legends creature as of right now. The Ack Dogs were a type of dog native to Anote, a planet in the Anote sector. <laughs> they were <laughs> very creative. Uh, they were quadrupedal with red scaly skin, four horns, a pair of blue eyes, and rows of triangular teeth. At the time of the Iron Blockade, Act Dogs freely roamed the streets of Anote, and when obtained young, Act Dogs actually made good companions and guardians. Aww. So there you go. Well, it says oh, there's one canon appearance, which is Star Wars Uprising. Um, I'm not sure what they do in that, but I don't. What is that? Star Wars. Star Wars Uprising was a uh, cell phone game that they created. Uh, it was supposed to take place right after 
the Battle of Endor, but uh, I'm pretty oh, sure it just got shut down. Oh, I remember this. Yeah, it was kind of a weird game. Like, I tried playing, I couldn't get into it. It's, I remember, yeah, it, it's because it's like an RPG. Like, they tried yes. to make, like, an MMO kind of... sounds cool. It just doesn't... It just yeah. doesn't work in the way it didn't work the way they wanted it to. Like the uh. intro video looks super cool, and then you try playing the game and it's just kind of oh you walk from one place to another place and you talk to people. Just, you know what I didn't feel I started right. playing on my phone yesterday. I don't know if I said this, but I blame my coworker for getting me into it. Star Wars Force Arena. I need to start playing that. It's I really good. good. I hear good things. It's really good and. Uh, uh, I I was I started off using Luke and I was like this is cool and then I and then I made a deck with Sabine because she's one of the characters you get right off the bat. Cool. Which, which is pretty cool. Yeah. And like she is so OP and I'm just like and now I'm just screaming at people like Sabine coming to get you. <laughs> just like throwing my grenades and like uh, summoning my clones and stuff. Yeah, it's good. It's fun. That's awesome. Yeah. But it's like it's like a it's like a card game. MOBA, which sounds like, wow, that sounds really complicated for your phone, but once you start playing, <laughs> you're like, oh, this isn't all that complicated at all. Like, the games last two minutes, like, tops. So, it's kind of like, if, if, have uh, any of you played Clash Royale? Do you know what that is? Nope. Mm-mm. It's like the Clash of Clans card game. Ah. So, it's literally that, but it's Star Wars. So, it's, you know, better. So... <laughs> <laughs> But I'm I'm really liking it. It's fun, so I'm gonna keep playing it. I blame you, Chelsea, if you're listening, for even telling me about this game. Is there Chelsea's a- someone I work with, and she is also way into Star Wars. She's like, I play this Force Arena game, so I downloaded it. That's it's her fault. <laughs> is there a back to the act dog? Is there any other dog like creatures <laughs> in Star Wars that you guys can think of? We actually just talked about one of them. Didn't we? Yeah, hang on. Yeah. I'm type dog um, creatures, Star Wars. See what we get. Uh, oh, these are not. This is not the same. But <laughs> it's like, oh, nine Star Wars creatures we'd like to keep as pets. And it's like, mm, Well, that's not. a good way to start. I mean, I guess. Why you- would you want a pet rancor? <laughs> Amy Ratcliffe, what are you doing? <laughs> uh, I feel like Chewbacca's dog-like, obviously. Yeah, he's like a big bear dog. He's a big bear dog. He's he's, he's good. He's got a gun too, so he can keep you protected. He's he's a nice guy. We have wolves, obviously. We have loath wolves. Yeah, loath cats going meow. The uh, massive. That's what we talked about. Oh. The massive. Oh, that's right. The ones that, that the uh, the spiny looking dog creatures from Attack of the Clones that live with the Tusken Raiders on Tatooine. Who were also really gross looking, right? Or. Yeah, they weren't pretty. So there's no like fluffy cute little cuddly dog i can get in star wars um baby loath wolf maybe a baby loath wolf all right that's pretty yeah, cool that would be the closest huh yeah yeah and i'm assuming they're adorable we, but then we that thing no would cannon. get so huge <laughs> yes like, and, it, and it would whisper things to you in the middle of the night oh you know we have those uh crystal just like vargas and you're like oh no vargas. <laughs> yeah that'd be, that'd be creepy <laughs> feed me what, what crystal fox are you talking about from uh, uh, not Attack of the Clones, The Last Jedi. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, I haven't seen a lot about that, so I just googled it. And now I'm looking at. It. So spoilers. <laughs> we don't know what they are. They they kind of just live on crate. That's what we think. They look awesome though from the one little yeah, picture. Yeah, they look I really saw. cool. They look fragile. They do. Right. Mm-hmm. 
I random so I typed in star dog creatures Star Wars and I'm seeing all these dog costumes and there's an ATAT <laughs> yes! costume. I've seen that. It's awesome. It's so derpy, but like <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty great. Like Oh, it's so stupid, but I love it. That poor if dog. If I saw a dog walk up to me like that, I would laugh. I would laugh so hard. I'd give it my whole meal. <laughs> What's funny is this dog wearing it too looks so happy. Does he really? Oh, well, that's good. Oh. Look up the, there's a pug in a wampa costume and the pug looks so pissed. <laughs> Hold on, I'll send you guys a picture of it. Give me a second. This is a dark <laughs> hole to go down. This could take. Yeah, do- Star Wars dog costume. There you go. Tell me what you think about that wampa. All right. Oh, no. <laughs> He's a wampa pug. <laughs> that's great. Oh, no, a wampa pug. <laughs> That's oh. great. Well, and then when you put yeah. the one little type of dog in the little bear costume, they look like an Ewok. They, like, are an Ewok. You, yeah. With those little legs. That's so funny. Very cute. My mom didn't believe me once that people do that, where they, like, make teddy bears into dog costumes. <laughs> I was like, yeah, and it looks like there's a walking bear. She was like, what? And then I showed her, and she was like, that's horrifying. I was like, that's adorable. That's what are you so talking cute. about? It's the best. It gets a light- laugh out of me every time. Yeah. Anyway. Star Wars is Star the thing Wars. we talk about. All right, so we're going to close out the show, but then maybe do some just minor Rebels no, kind of spoiler. We can't. We I'm just, sorry. We, I'm sorry. You're going to... We need to talk about them. But we we are going to do a full mid-season wrap-up of Rebels Season 4. So if you've watched up to... You need to have watched up to the Rebel Assault episode. And then, uh, yeah, you'll be good. But until then... Thank you for listening to this episode of Long Time Ago Radio. And if you'd like to be a part of the show, you can email us at podcast at canontimeline.com. That email will probably change very soon, so let us know. Um, and if you'd like to follow me on Twitter, you can do so by looking up the Jawa Josh. Where can everyone else, uh, where can they find you? I'm at Rebecca June Lane, and our official Twitter is at LTA underscore radio. You can find me on Instagram, dapper underscore fet. Our Facebook page is facebook.com slash long time ago radio. Real quick, happy birthday day to adam driver oh and if you're near star wars i'm sorry star tours in any of the parks go ride it new scenes from the last yeah yeah so go go take a ride go enjoy it let us know what you think i saw that they were adding the actual like the planet that star wars land is on is a brand new planet that they invented and there's a star tours destination for yes yeah so that's cool i wonder if that's just like hey we're coming back you know what I mean? That would make more sense. Well, the rumor is that, that at a certain point they're going to separate the original trilogy and prequel trilogy uh, scenes. To, for They'd have their own rides, and then you'd have new movie scenes in their own separate section, too. Mm. So you can decide which path you'd want to take. I like that. Yeah. That we'll would see be if that happens. Cool. We'll see. I still, I still am with you. They should have, like, one line that's Star Tours classic or something. Yeah, you get on with Rex. Yeah. It's probably your first time. It's mine, too. Anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah, so right now, you know, here we go. Wait. You ha- we're going to. Wait, gonna, wait, what? wait, wait. I was trying to say this earlier. I haven't seen it. You haven't seen Rebel Assault? No. Oh, Becky. I know. <laughs> I know. Well, then I can't talk about what I was going to talk about anyway. I'm sorry. Because it's it's it the the theory I have is contingent on something big that happens in the I in that episode. Know. I'm sorry. I had free time and I I decided to use it to research Satine and, and Obi Wan rather than watch 
the rebels because we wouldn't be talking about it today. I'm sorry, I'm a failure. That's true. We do need to discuss when we're gonna talk about that. But you know what? We'll figure that out in a minute. So uh, you know, bye everyone. <laughs> do, be with you. <laughs> do you want to say a different bye, bye that we could cut in there? That's a little less. No, nah, it's fine. Okay. <laughs> they know Stop what they're in for to with this, this podcast. Show. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Bye. <laughs> okay.